Chapter Four of the Big Blue Soldier by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Four. As Lehman Gage went up the steps to Miss Marilla's front porch, a sick thrill of cold and weariness passed over his big frame. Every joint and muscle seemed to cry out in protest, and his very vitals seemed sore and racked. The bit of bright evening was over, and he was facing his own gray life again, with a future that was void and empty. But the door was not shut. Miss Marilla was hovering anxiously inside, with the air of just having retreated from the porch. She gave a little relieved gasp as he entered. Oh, I was afraid you wouldn't come back, she said eagerly. And I did so want to thank you and tell you how we— how i yes i mean we for i know she loved that singing how very much we enjoyed it i will always thank god that he sent you along just then well i certainly have cause to thank you for that wonderful dinner he said earnestly as he might have spoken to a dear relation and for all this he waved his big hand toward the bright room this pleasantness it was like coming home and i haven't any home to come to now oh haven't you said miss marilla caressingly oh haven't you she said again wistfully i wonder why i can't keep you a little while then you seem just like my own nephew as i had hoped he would be i haven't seen him in a long time where were you going when i stopped you the young man lifted heavy eyes that were bloodshot and sore to the turning and tried to smile to save his life he couldn't lie blithely when it seemed so good to be in that warm room why i was i don't know i guess i just wasn't going anywhere to tell you the truth i was all in and down on my luck and as blue as indigo when you met me i was just tramping anywhere to get away from it you poor boy said miss marilla putting out her fine little blue-veined hands and caressing the old khaki sleeve well then you're just going to stay with me and get rested there's no reason in the world why you shouldn't no indeed said lehman gage drawing himself up bravely i couldn't think of it it wouldn't be right but i certainly thank you with all my heart for what you have done for me tonight. i really must go at once but where she asked pathetically as if he belonged to her sliding her hands detainingly down to his big rough ones oh anywhere it doesn't matter he said holding her delicate little old hand in his with a look of sacred respect as if a nice old angel had offered to hold hands with him i'm a soldier you know and a few storms more or less won't matter i'm used to it good night he clasped her hands a moment and was about to turn away but she held his fingers eagerly you shall not go that way she declared out into the cold without any overcoat and no home to go to your hands are hot too i believe you have a fever you're going to stay here tonight and have a good sleep and a warm breakfast and then if you must go all right my spare bed is all made up and there's a fire in the franklin heater the room's all warm as toast and mary put a big bouquet of chrysanthemums up there if you don't sleep there it will be all wasted you must stay no it wouldn't be right he shook his head again and smiled wistfully what would people say say why they've got it in the paper that you're to be here at least that dick's to be here they'll think you're my nephew and think nothing else about it 
Besides, I guess I have a right to have company if I like. If there was any way I could pay you, said the young man, but I haven't a cent to my name, and no telling how long before I will have anything. I really couldn't accept any such hospitality. Oh, that's all right, said Miss Marilla cheerily. You can pay me if you like sometime when you get plenty, or perhaps you'll take me in when I'm having a hard time. Anyhow, you're going to stay. I won't take no for an answer. I've been disappointed and disappointed about Dick's coming, and me having no one to show for all the years of the war, just making sweaters for the world, it seemed like, with no one belonging to me. And now I've got a soldier, and I'm going to keep him at least for one night. Nobody's to know but you're my own nephew, and I haven't got to go around the town, have I, telling that Dick didn't care enough for his old country aunt to come out and take dinner with her? It's nothing to them, is it, if they think he came and stayed overnight, too? For even a few days, nobody'll be any the wiser, and I'll take a lot more comfort. I'd like to accommodate you, faltered the soldier. But you know I really ought. Suddenly the big fellow was seized with a fit of sneezing, and the sick, sore thrills danced all down his back and slapped him in the face, and pricked him in the throat, and banged against his head. He dropped weakly down in a chair and got out the discouragest-looking handkerchief that ever a soldier carried. It looked as if it might have washed the decks on the way over, or wiped off shoes, and doubtless it had. And it left a dull streak of olive-drab dust on his cheek and chin when he had finished polishing off the last sneeze and lifted his suffering eyes to his hostess. You're sick, declared Miss Marilla, with a kind of satisfaction, as if now she had got something she could really take hold of. I've thought it all the evening. I first laid it to the wind in your face, for I knew you weren't the drinking kind, and then I thought maybe you'd had to be up all last night or something. Lack of sleep makes eyes look that way, but I believe you've got the grip, and I'm going to put you to bed and give you some homeopathic medicine. Come, tell me the truth. Aren't you chilly? With a half-sheepish smile the soldier admitted that he was, and a big involuntary shudder ran over his tall frame with the admission. Well, it's high time we got to work. There's plenty of hot water, and you go up to the bathroom and take a hot bath. I'll put a hot water bag in the bed and get it good and warm. And I've got a long warm flannel nightgown I guess you can get on. It was made for my grandmother, and she was a big woman. Come, we'll go right upstairs. I can come down and shut up the house while you're taking your bath. The soldier protested, but Miss Marilla swept all before her. She locked the front door resolutely and put the chain on. She turned out the parlor light and shoved the young man before her to the stairs. But I oughtn't to, he protested again, with one foot on the first step. I'm an utter stranger. Well, what's that? said Miss Marilla crisply. I was a stranger and ye took me in. When it comes to that, we're all strangers. Come, hurry up, you ought to be in bed. You'll feel like a new man when I get you tucked up. You're awfully good, he murmured, stumbling up the stairs with a sick realization that he was giving way to the little imps of chills and thrills that were dancing over him, that he was all in, and in a few minutes more he would be a contemptible coward, letting a lone old woman fuss over him this way. Miss Marilla turned up the light and threw back the covers of the spare bed, sending a whiff of lavender through the room. The Franklin heater glowed cheerfully, and the place was as warm as toast. 
there was something sweet and homelike in the old-fashioned room with its strange ancient framed photographs of people long gone and its plain but fine old mahogany the soldier raised his bloodshot eyes and looked about with a thankful wish that he was well enough to appreciate it all miss marilla had pulled open a drawer and produced a long fine flannel garment of nondescript fashion and from a closet she drew out a long pink bathrobe and a pair of felt slippers there i guess you can get those on she bustled into the bathroom turned on the hot water and heaped big white bath towels and sweet scented soap upon him in a kind of daze of thankfulness he stumbled into the bathroom and began his bath he hadn't had a bath like that in was it two years somehow the hot water held down the nasty little sick thrills and cut out the chills for the time it was wonderful to feel clean and warm and smell the freshness of the towels and soap he climbed into the big nightgown which also smelled of lavender and came out presently with the felt slippers on his feet and the pink bathrobe trailing around his shoulders there was a meek conquered expression on his face and he crept gratefully into the warm bed according to directions and snuggled down with that sick sore thrill of thankfulness that everybody who has ever had flu knows miss marilla bustled up from downstairs with a second hot water bag in one hand and a thermometer in the other i'm going to take your temperature she said briskly and stuck the thermometer into his unresisting mouth somehow it was wonderfully sweet to be fussed over this way almost like having a mother he hadn't had such care since he was a little fellow in the hospital at prep school i thought so said miss marilla casting a practiced eye at the thermometer a moment later and you've got to lie right still and do as i say or you'll have a time of it i hate to think of what would have happened to you if i'd been weak enough to let you go off into the cold without any overcoat tonight. oh i'd have walked it off likely faintly spoke the old adam in the sleepy sick soldier but he knew as he spoke that he was lying and he knew miss marilla knew it also he would have laughed if it hadn't been too much trouble it was wonderful to be in a bed like this and be warm and that ache in his back against the hot water bag it almost made his head stop aching in almost no time at all he was asleep he never realized when miss marilla brought a glass and fed him medicine he opened his mouth obediently when she told him and went right on sleeping bless his heart she said he must have been all worn out and she turned the light low and gathering up his chair full of clothes slipped away to the bathroom where presently they were all except the shoes soaking in strong hot soapsuds miss marilla had gone downstairs to stir up the fire and put on irons but she took the precaution to close all the blinds on the amber side of the house and pull down the shades mary had no need ever to find out what she was doing the night wore on and miss marilla wrought with happy heart and willing hands she was doing something for somebody who really needed it and who for the time being had no one else to do it for him he was hers exclusively to be served this night it was years since she had had anybody of her own to care for and she luxuriated in the service every hour she slipped up to feel his forehead listen to his breathing and give him his medicine and then slipped down to the kitchen again to her ironing garment by garment the soldier's meagre outfit came from the steaming suds then was conveyed to the kitchen where it hung on an improvised line over the range and got itself dry enough to be ironed and patched it was a work of love 
and therefore it was done perfectly when morning dawned the soldier's outfit thoroughly renovated and pressed almost beyond recognition lay on a chair by the spare-room window and miss marilla in her dark blue serge morning dress lay tidily down on the outside of her bed to take forty winks but even then she could hardly get to sleep she was so excited thinking about her guest and wondering whether he would feel better when he awoke or whether she ought to send for a doctor a hoarse cough roused her an hour later and she went with speed to her patient and found him tossing and battling in his sleep with some imaginary foe i don't owe you a cent any longer he declared fiercely i've paid it all even to the interest while i was in france and there's no reason why i shouldn't tell you just what i think of you you can go to thunder with your kind offers i'm off you for life and then the big fellow turned with a groan of anguish and buried his face in his pillow miss marilla paused in horror thinking she had intruded upon some secret meditation but as she waited on tiptoe and breathless in the hall she heard the steady hoarse breathing keep on and knew he was still asleep he did not rouse more than to open bloodshot unseeing eyes and close them again when she loudly stirred his medicine in the glass and held the spoon to his lips as before he obediently opened his mouth and swallowed and went on sleeping she stood a moment anxiously watching him she did not know just what she ought to do perhaps he was going to have pneumonia perhaps she ought to send for the doctor and yet there were complications about that she would be obliged to explain a lot or else lie to the neighborhood and he might not like it for her to call a doctor while he was asleep if she only had someone with whom to advise on ordinary questions she always consulted mary amber but by the very nature of the case mary amber was out of this besides in half an hour mary amber very discreetly put herself beyond a question outside of any touch with miss marilla's visitor by taking herself off in her little car for a short visit to a college friend over in the next county it was plain that mary amber did not care to subject herself to further contact with the young soldier he might be dick or he might not be dick it was none of her business while she was visiting jeanette clark so she went away quite hurriedly miss marilla heard the purr of the engine and the little brown car started down the hedged driveway and watched the flight with a sense of satisfaction she had an intuition that mary amber was not in favor of her soldier and she had a guilty sense of hiding the truth from her dear young friend that made her breathe more freely as she watched mary amber's flight moreover it was with a certain self-reproachful relief that she noted the little brown suitcase that lay at mary amber's feet as she slid past miss marilla's house without looking up mary amber was going away for the day at least probably overnight and by that time the question of the soldier would be settled one way or the other without mary amber's having to worry about it miss marilla ordered a piece of beef and brewed a cup of the most delicious broth which she took upstairs she managed to get her soldier awake enough to swallow it but it was plain that he did not in the least realize where he was and seemed well content to close his eyes and drowse away once more miss marilla was deeply troubled some pricks from the old time-worn adage beginning oh what a tangled web we weave began to stab her conscience if only she had not allowed those paragraphs to go into the county paper no that was not the real trouble at all 
if only she had not dragged in another soldier and made mary amber believe he was her nephew such an old fool just because she couldn't bear the mortification of having people know her nephew hadn't cared enough for her to come and see her when he was close at hand but she was well punished here she had a strange sick man on her hands and no end of responsibility oh if only she hadn't asked him in yet as she stood watching the quick little throb in his neck above the old flannel nightgown and the long curly sweep of the dark lashes on his hot cheek as he slept her heart cried out against that wish no a thousand times no if she had not asked him in he might have been in some hospital by this time cared for by strangers and she would have been alone with empty hands getting her own solitary dinner or sewing on the aprons for the orphanage with nothing in the world to do that really mattered for anybody somehow her heart went out to this stranger boy with a great yearning and he had come to mean what her own or what her own ought to have been to her she wouldn't have him elsewhere for anything she wanted him right where he was for her to care for something at last that needed her something she could love and tend even if it were only for a few days and she was sure she could care for him she knew a lot about sickness people sent for her to help them out and her wonderful nursing had often saved a life where the doctor's remedies had failed she felt sure this was only a severe case of flu that had taken a fierce hold on the system thorough rest careful nursing nourishing broth and some of her homeopathic remedies would work the charm she would try it a little longer and see if his temperature wasn't higher than the last time it would be perfectly safe to get along without a doctor she put the thermometer between his relaxed lips and held it there firmly round it until she was sure it had been there long enough then she carried it softly over to the front window and studied it no it had not risen in fact it might be a fifth of a degree lower well she would venture it a little while longer for two days miss marilla cared for her stranger soldier as only a born nurse like herself could care and on the third morning he rewarded her by opening his eyes and looking about then meeting her own anxious gaze he gave her a weak smile i've been sick he said as if stating an astonishing fact to himself i must have given you a lot of trouble not a bit of it you dear child said miss marilla and then stooped and brushed his forehead with her lips in a motherly kiss i'm so glad you're better she passed her hand like soft old fallen rose leaves over his forehead and it was moist she felt of his hands and they were moist too she took his temperature and it had gone down almost to normal her eyes were shining with more than professional joy and relief he had become to her in these hours of nursing and anxiety as her own child but at the kiss the boy's eyelashes had swept down upon his cheek and when she looked up from reading the thermometer she saw a tear glisten unwillingly beneath the lashes the next two days were a time of untold joy to miss marilla while she pampered and nursed her soldier boy back to some degree of his normal strength she treated him just as if he were a little child who had dropped from the skies to her loving ministrations she bathed his face and puffed up his pillows and took his temperature and fed him and read him to sleep miss marilla could read well too she was always asked to read the chapter at the fortnightly club whenever the regular reader whose turn it was failed and while he was asleep she cooked dainty appetizing little dishes for him they had a wonderful time together and he enjoyed it as much as she did 
the fact was he was too weak to object for the little red devils that get into the blood and kick up the fight commonly titled grip had done a thorough work with him and he was as he put it all in and then some he seemed to have gone back to the days of his childhood since the fever began to abate and he lay in a sweet daze of comfort and rest his troubles and perplexities and loneliness had dropped away from him and he felt no desire to think of them he was having the time of his life then suddenly wholly unannounced and not altogether desired at the present stage of the game mary amber arrived on the scene End of chapter 4